listener. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Around Town. I'm Emma Joyce, Features Editor at Broadsheet. Today, we're speaking with Caroline Clements and Dylan Sidecheck Reardon, the powerhouse duo behind Places We Swim, a travel guide to the best places to take a dip, from waterfall pools to ocean baths and thermal springs. Caroline is a writer, editor, and producer. She was also the founding editor of Broadsheet. Dylan is a photographer, writer, and videographer who grew up in New Mexico. And the creative couple use their skills to document all the picturesque places to swim in Australia and in California too. They tell us how they met, what spurred them on to quit their jobs in 2017 and take a road trip around Australia, and how that experience became a lifestyle thanks to the popularity of Places We Swim. Caroline, Dylan, how did you meet and when was your first date? We actually met, funnily enough, um, while I was working at Broadsheet, probably eight years ago now. And um, yeah, Dylan was pitching on a job, a video job. Yeah, he took it from there. So you were the founding (laughs) editor of Broadsheet. I was, yeah. And Dylan, what was your job? I was working for a local edible gardening business called Little Veggie Patch Co. And then we were doing a little side project, doing content creation and uh, started making videos and photography. And so I think we were talking about a maybe a video series about a ramen, about ramen places in mm. Melbourne, something like that. Ramen and beer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, ramen and beer. Um, and then yeah, our first date. It took a while to organize, but um, it was a classic places we swim date. Adventure. We went on a little on a surf down the coast over. I think it was grand final weekend. Mm. It's always easy for anniversaries, and yeah, had a great surf and. Yeah, that was kind of, it was on. That sounds perfect. So in 2017, you quit your jobs to go traveling around Australia. What was it that spurred you on to to do that, to leave those jobs, that security behind and go on this big adventure? We were just at a really good time career-wise where we felt like we'd done, like we got into a good place and we were ready for a change. And I think sometimes you need an opportunity to kind of shake you out of, into that change maybe. We knew we wanted to do a trip. We didn't know we wanted to do a book. Uh, And we were just thinking, how can we travel and kind of make the most of a a road trip and not just take and consume, but actually kind of engage with what we're doing more deeply. So we were thinking of all different things, like we could have cups of tea with people and interview them or... I think we could, we, um, yeah, I think we wanted a way to engage with people while we were traveling and for it not just to be so indulgent and like all about us. We sort of wanted to document something. I guess in the kind of years leading up to that, we'd always, we found that swimming or being outside or hiking was how we liked to travel. And people started asking us about tips and where to go. And, and so we thought, oh, maybe that could be the focus of our trip around Australia. We want to do this trip and we can document some great places. And so we kind of made a pitch to a publisher in that huge adventure, where is the most memorable place that you swam? It might be different for either of you. When I think about places I want to go back to and that I loved and have such great memories of, it's Greens Pool in WA, sort of down on that um, southwest coast near a town called Denmark. Yeah, some friends actually visited over the summer and I was very envious. Um, but it's sort of like a very protected kind of bay and the town doesn't actually have its own public pool. So it's where kids learn how to swim and 
I think, have swimming races. And it's like very much a community spot. Is it um, as idyllic as it sounds? It is. Yeah, it truly is. Next to it, there's a bay called Elephant Rocks, which is where these giant granite boulders kind of sit in the water like resting elephants, which is also beautiful. But I think that Greens Pool is really a pretty easy place to get in the water and swim and very beautiful. What's yeah. the colour of the water? Well, like probably a very turquoisey, like um, that coastline. I think the the sand's so white that it's often like a very blue turquoise, like very mm. clear as well. The water, yeah, not not green, not green, not green. There must have been a there must have been a green family, probably. Yeah. I mean, that is an incredible spot. And when we, I remember, just, we were actually talking about this a couple of days ago that when we left Denmark, because we'd spent the whole trip, you know, like. A lot of work getting that. It doesn't sound like it, but a lot of driving to get to that part of WA, which is like this really lush Southwest WA, this lush corner. And, um, and we literally cried when we had to leave. Like we didn't, we wanted to stay and, you know, we had to make our deadline and had to keep going to but do that. I and think we, we called the publisher, didn't we? And said, can we have like a few more months because this trip's so good. Like we just want to keep <laughs> going. And they were like, um... No, get in the car. You got to come home and write that book. <laughs> so, did you have any regrets? Did any regrets creep in at that point? No regrets. I think we thought we'd go back. We, we actually haven't yet, but there's so many places that we want to return to. Mm, yeah, yeah. My, I guess my favorite place would be very much the opposite kind of environment. In that, um, would be Dalhousie Springs, and it's in like the top corner of South Australia, and so much of that is like the journey. Like you, you literally drive for days across the desert on dirt tracks, and then you show up at this huge natural hot spring in the middle of the outback. And how? What's water temperature? Thirty three degrees. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Or maybe yeah, maybe it's quite warm. Yeah, it's quite bath like. It's a literal oasis, uh, and and it's amazing. Like that, we sort of through that we learned about the Great Artesian Basin. That is this amazing underground aquifer uh, that runs all the way from North Queensland down to South Australia. Mm, uh, it connects so many of those mm. inland hot springs that we yeah. talk about. I've just done some fact-checking for you. 38 to 38. 43 degrees. 38 oh, to 43. Warm. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's pretty cold there in the winter, which is yes. when we were there. Uh, so it was really welcome. You sort of get in in the morning and the evening. And, mm, and all the steam's kind of rising off the water and people camp overnight and then everyone's there in their like beanies and their puffer jackets and then they take mm. everything off and get into this hot pool. Yeah. Anyone following Places We Swim, and if you're not, you absolutely should on Instagram because that's, a, I think, a really good place to start if, if people haven't heard of Places We Swim and don't already have your books. You cover hot springs, lakes, rivers, ocean pools, oceans. You, you cover every place you could possibly have a dip in or have a swim in. I think you've mentioned before, but I'd love to know a bit more about how you swim on a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week basis. Are you swimmers or are you just people who appreciate swimming in all of the different ways that we have the opportunities to in Australia? We're both swimmers, but not in an extreme way. Um, we live really close to the coast, as do many Australians. And we do probably get in the water more than many people. We, yeah, Most days we access the water in some way, whether it's a dip or if it's an ocean swim or an ocean pool. Yeah, Dylan surfs a bit. and Yeah, I think we're near the water a lot and getting mm. in it quite regularly. And throughout the year in Sydney, that's really possible. So where are you swimming on a regular basis? 
Well, we live in Manly, so we, yeah, we're we're really lucky in that we've got the harbor side and we've got the ocean side, um, and so we're always swimming around there most of the time. Uh, I think for us, the harbor side has been a real discovery, especially um, with kids. I especially think it's with so kids, protected and calm. Yeah, yeah, the water is flat. Like just just yesterday, I was at Fairlight Pool, which is beautiful, and I think a lot of people visit Manly and they go to the ocean side. I'm sure people will hate that I'm saying this, but the harbor side is usually a lot more relaxed and a bit more local style. Do you still get on the road now that you have a child? And if you do, do you have any tips for exploring with kids? We do we, get on we, the road. We get on the road. <laughs> yeah, we drive. We do drive a lot. And um, I mean, far be it for us to give parenting advice, but we found that our son didn't like anything at first. Uh, and it's just like kind of sticking to things that are important to us. And yeah, we do drive a bit to get to places and we do um, hike and swim and just kind of taking it in small pieces and encouraging encouraging him to go a bit further, or, mm-hmm. you know, or making it easy, carrying him in a backpack before he got too heavy. Um, now he's three and a half, so he's sort of capable of walking, but mm-hmm. not too far. We're sort of in the lull before maybe he can actually yeah, do some bigger maybe hikes. Maybe yeah. not. 10k hike yeah. to get to no. that swimming yeah. spot. We but, did, we're out in Mudgee last weekend and we did like a two and a half k return hike with him and a, and a friend who was four and they were pretty good. Yeah, they were really good one way. One yeah. way, yeah. Um, but I think it's just like introducing them to it, you know, getting getting the idea and making it fun and, and a bit of an adventure for them. Mm. Yeah. We, um, we were in California last year and we did a lot of driving to research this California book and it actually got to a point where our son would sleep better in his car seat. Like he would, we'd be pulled over and we'd have his bed set up for a nap. And he'd actually want to climb into his car seat to sleep. And we're like, oh God, what have we done? Like we've, this kid has spent too much mm. time in a car Like it's bedtime and he'd come and jump <laughs> in his car seat. And I'm like, oh, it's a bit sad. <laughs> As an Australian family, what do you think is so important about finding these places to swim? Like what's important culturally? Mm. I think that like Australians are so connected to the water because we all live close to the coast. I think though what we found when we did our big trip around Australia um, is that even if you don't live near the coast, there is like a quite an innate feeling of connection to water. And so inland they are hot springs and lakes and rivers and things and Australians actually learn to swim very young. Mm. And so it just feels like part of our culture, really. And then on top of that, I think people just enjoy the idea of like finding something, discovering something, feeling like they've arrived at a place and that they've kind of made their way there and learned something. And I think that being in lockdown and not being able to do that or only being able to do that, you know, close to home really kind of celebrated just getting outside and and looking around locally as well. And so when we wrote our second book on Sydney, that was the idea behind that book is like you don't actually have to travel very far to to travel. You can you can just explore your home city and you can within two hours of this city in particular, you can be out in the bush, you can be in a national park, you can swim in the ocean, you can do so much and it can feel like traveling. So you have Places We Swim, the Australian version. You have the Sydney version. And this month, you're launching one that's all about California. So why California? 
Well, I grew up in the U.S. and I spent a lot of time in California. I worked there through most of my 20s and and have family living there. I guess we'd always thought if we're going to do another book overseas, California would be the place. And and as a place to visit, like there's such a natural connection between particularly the East Coast of Australia and California, people moving between them. Um, but then the state is like a country. Like it's so big, it's so diverse, there's so many different landscapes. And so we were really excited about just like getting our heads around this place that's that's dense and contained, um, but has so much variety. What was your favorite place to swim in the California book? We actually found our favorite places were up in the mountains in the Sierra Nevada and Northern California. I think because it felt like that was so different to what mm. we have in Australia, which is beaches and then kind of desert. I mean, of course there are mountains, but the Californian, like Northern California is so so mountainous and so beautiful and um yeah getting into hot springs and up into these beautiful clear rivers that are icy cold even in the middle of summer um there was something quite cleansing and purifying or something about Mm. that and and i think they that certainly those were our most memorable places in the book for sure big redwoods as well and Mm. you know I, i think we're always looking for something that's a bit different to what we know like we're so lucky with with beaches in Australia that I think a lot of Australians, you know, myself included, we can be a bit snobby about about the best beaches. Um, yeah, and I think for us it was like these amazing rivers and deserts and hot springs and mm. mountains that really captivated us. Yeah, and I think when we're, when we think about selecting a place for a book, so we start with this big list and then we're, when we're narrowing it down, we're really looking for the ones that do speak to the landscape. And so... Yeah, it just felt like these, yeah, these these rivers were, you know, winding their way through the landscape and mm. they were so much a part of speaking to what we were kind of looking for and I don't know, it just, yeah, they're, they're definitely, yeah, very memorable places, mm. like under huge tree canopies and I think back to like some of these campgrounds that we stayed at, that, uh, like almost from, you know, they're quite cinematic, like you pull in and there's like, just this light shining through trees and um, I feel like I didn't grow up with that. So going to America and seeing that that kind of summer camping lifestyle, it felt so different to what we captured in Australia and that I think was kind of the direction of the book in many ways. Mm. Like we tried to capture that. I think like a big part of all of our books is like it's about swimming but it's a lot about culture and it's about like what locals experience and what locals celebrate. And it's it's not really about finding like a secret spot. It's like, how does this place tell us about this area and this community? And, you know, why is it important? And so, yeah, also in California, like the beach, as much as people look at a beach, it's not actually like the water's quite cold. People don't really swim there, but these rivers, you know, people are floating tubes and rafts down rivers everywhere, drinking you know, local brewery beers and, you know, hiking in the Sierras, like that's really where the culture was. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, we didn't even realize the scale of that until we went and had a look and we kind of had to reframe the whole book, you know, as as we realized, okay, this is the real culture. and Mm. Because we're so connected to water in Australia, but there it's like the wilderness and hiking and being in the Mm. outdoors. So it wasn't as much of a big focus on just like of being at a swimming spot. It's about how you get there and 
and what you do, yeah, mm, to access yeah, it. The hike in might be just as important as the, the swim. This is probably a post-COVID reality. And I say post-COVID, we're very much still having and seeing lots of cases of COVID. But there's such an appetite for travel. Do you have any tips either for camping or for traveling and just making sure that you can get to these places that are sometimes off the beaten track? You know, I think once upon a time, I was somebody who really liked to plan every little moment of a trip. But I think, and maybe this has come with parenting or maybe it's just come with, I don't know, experience. <laughs> um, it's nice just to leave a bit of space for things to happen and be spontaneous. Um, so like maybe it's nice to know where you're going to stay for the next couple of days, but what happens in the meantime, how you get there, where you eat, all those kind of things. I mean, certainly there is some element in, in cases, maybe in cities where you need to book things in, but largely I think it's really nice just to not have too much plan so that you can fly this by the seat of your pants a little bit. And I think we've, to some degree, that's probably how we travel now. And it mm. just makes for a lot less stress when I you're trying to get to the next thing. that's a really good point. Mm. I've become a spreadsheet person when it comes to travel. And I think that's a consequence of the job and wanting mm. to research as much as possible before going somewhere, make sure I'm going to eat all these different places and often I'm eating like six times a day yeah. if I'm going to a city and I want to experience as much as possible. So it is a good reminder that we can leave time just to discover. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we usually have like a couple milestones. You know, we got to be here, here and here. But like you said, that in between is really, is often where you find something. There's nothing worse than like driving past a place and thinking, oh, I wish we could stop. But trying to keep an agenda. Mm. Would you say you're morning or nighttime people? Morning. Definitely morning. Yeah. I think that we sort of like very kind of guided by daylight. I think when the sun rises, we sort of are up and I think, yeah, you, I don't know. I, I just think I've always been a morning person. I like getting up and and being part of the morning. Mm. It feels like it's got fresh energy. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I also enjoy being out, but I wouldn't say I'm a night person. Yeah, I think I... At the start of the days where I really excel, mm. maybe too. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we do a lot of things outside. And so like when it's hot, you want to get up early and kind of do something before it's too hot. Um, if you're surfing, usually the wind is better in the morning and you kind of want to beat that. And, and it always feels like you kind of have a head start on the world if you're mm. if you're up early. Is there anything you're obsessed with at the moment or can't stop thinking about? Oh, Yeah. Uh, we've been we've been watching. Um, can we talk about a TV show? Yeah, uh, we've been watching season five of Fargo, which we haven't watched any of the other seasons, but this which, one this one came to us. Yeah, and I don't think you need to necessarily. No, it's, I think not, it's an anthology. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you can start totally uh, fresh on this one. Jumped into season five. This is with John Hamm John in Hamm. the starring yeah, lead. That's right. Yep. Yeah, he's great. And and Juno Temple, I believe, is the um his counterpart. Mm. And yeah, incredible. She's people know Ted Lasso. Uh and yeah, she just plays this like incredible Midwestern kind of badass. Yeah. And um Steve Harrington also features. Uh, <laughs> I forget his name, Joe, someone, but uh he's from Stranger Things, he's John Hamm's son in the show, which I don't know, they're all very funny. I think what it's just got that great amount of humor to it. So what is it that makes you obsess over it mm. I think every every character is so dense like so rich and so weird um, the situations like there's so much tension and uncertainty and 
you know, the, I guess like, just like in Fargo or any sort of Coen Brothers movie, like the, the environment's really rich and, and layered and uh, it's suspenseful. You don't know what's going to happen next and you don't know what people are capable of. And there's always kind of interesting wrinkles happening in the story. Um, so yeah, I think when we get hooked on a story, we don't watch a lot of TV, but when we get into something, we really get into it. Um, mm, we're like, we're sort of binge on it. Yeah. Sort yeah. of asking each other for permission to watch one more. And, um, <laughs> so and, between Fargo and also getting on the road and traveling a lot and, and also releasing this third book, which is probably taking up a lot of your time. Do you get out and dine either in Sydney or elsewhere in Australia? We do. Yeah. We went to the theatre last week and had um, a martini and a burger at Clown Bar before, which was a bit of a special treat. And mm. um, that has stuck in my mind a little bit. Very juicy burger there. <laughs> I know that Dylan went on a, a soup mission last week in Melbourne. I did, yeah. Um, yeah, I was down in Melbourne for some work last week and, and a buddy of mine were both like, we love a broth. And so we set ourselves a challenge to eat three broths in 24 hours. So we had like a shop ramen in Preston and then there's a great faux place on High Street Preston called My Toe. Uh, so we did ramen dinner, faux breakfast, and then we had planned to top it off with my favorite, which is Viet Rose laksa, pork and wonton laksa. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> um, but we had our faux too late in the morning for our breakfast and we didn't manage to squeeze it in before the airport. For anyone that wants to do a three broth challenge, there it is the, laid out for you. Places We Spin books are available in bookstores and on your website, as well as photographic prints. I think people really need to check those out. So there's any stills that you've taken while you've been on your travels that people can buy and then hang up in their homes. Gorgeous, divine photos. You've also got beach bags, beach mats, t-shirts, caps, all sorts of merchandise, which I think is just adds to that sense of becoming part of the community of Places We Swim because it, it really is, it feels like a community page where people can tell you about places that they enjoy going to and you will check them out and take these gorgeous videos and photos and write about them. Where's next apart from California? This is really off brand, but we've been really um, fantasizing about a ski season and um, Places yeah. We Ski. Places We Ski. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe somewhere in, in the US or in Europe for a few months to ski. We'll look out for the Instagram handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much about the swimming, not skiing. I've, I've never really put on any skis or even tried snowboarding. But if you do take it in that direction, I think that would be amazing as well. So I look forward to seeing what you do. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for having us, Emma. Pleasure. That's all we have time for today, but we'll be back on Thursday with this week's news and recommendations. 